Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Element City Church. Welcome back. So, we got several people in the house, and uh, we installed a new camera. So, everyone that's here in the house, just kind of look right back that way and wave. Uh, amazingly, through technology, people will not be able to see you, but we are having fun doing this right now. So, uh, thank you to all of you who are joining us online as well, and that's why we're starting on time. Uh, for those of you who are in the house, you're like, we don't ever start on time. Well, we, we are, because we have two campuses now, uh, those who are online and those who are here. So welcome back. Glad to have the room full and to have you here. Uh, we're just thrilled to, to, to be a part of this, and especially if you're new. And if you're new, joining us online, uh, we have some amazing online hosts that will be interacting with you, and if you need prayer tonight, we'd love to pray for you right there and we'll have prayer afterwards for those of you who are here we'd love to pray with you be a part of that uh, I just want to encourage you to get our app if you have not done that or if you are new uh, you can we travel light you can take us with you and you'll find a whole bunch of information as things begin to unfold here a little bit this fall so we don't have e-kids right now so it's family style here uh, and obviously family style at home uh, but we're working on that and talking with our volunteers talking with our staff and and we'll roll out that decision here as we move forward if you're interested in being a part of helping us minister to our next generation uh, then talk to me talk to uh, to David and we'll get you in touch with Jen um, as we get started tonight we just want to offer up a prayer not only for our time here but also for the church of the week which is Christ Lutheran Vale Church and we want to pray for David Hook who's the pastor there and for their congregation uh, as a bunch of churches around town 100 plus that are praying for all the churches here in Tucson so would you join me in an opening word of prayer for them we'll dive into worship and we'll have a great evening together tonight Father, we want to pray uh, for Christ Lutheran Vale Church and for David, and we pray your blessing uh, over them, that you continue to, to, to move all the resources necessary to, to bless them and to expand their reach. We ask that you'd bless their team and their leadership, their volunteer base. God, would you just allow your blessing to be upon them? We pray for this evening as we continue to look into this foundation series of building this kingdom culture and, and the calling of the church, that you'd bless David as he preaches tonight, and as we continue to look at that in the weeks to come. Father, we ask that you'd help us to grow our foundation as a church. God, you know our story, and you know how things are unfolding, and we look to you, and we worship you, and we ask that you would bless and that you would encourage. Father, for those that are in the house or at their house tonight, Father, would your spirit meet each and every one and encourage their heart right where they need it. As we worship you now, would you enfold us into your presence and allow our adoration and our attention to be upon you. And everyone said, no matter where they were, amen. Amen, church. Shame is a prison as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no
Lamb of God was crucified, and he went on down to hell. He took back every
How good is it to be back together, huh? For those of you who are at home, we miss you. Uh, we're looking forward to the day that we can all be back together and we don't have to worry about masks and distancing and all that. But uh, until then, uh, we just want to bless you with these live streams and make sure that, that we can still come into your home. Uh, but for those of you who are in the room tonight, welcome back. It's just so good to hear your voices and it's good to worship the Lord. Amen. So let's just keep it up. Grace, what have you done? Murdered for me on that cross. Accused in absence of the wrong. My sin washed away in your blood. Too much to make sense of it all. I know your love breaks my fall the scandal of grace you died in my place so my soul will live oh to be
Yes, Jesus, that's our heart tonight. That's our prayer. That you give us the faith to trust you. The faith to know that, that God, that you're good, that whatever it is that you speak over our lives, that's truth. That's what you want us to cling to. And so at a time where so many of us can look to outside things in this world that speak to our identity, that speak to who we are, that speak to what we may be capable of, uh, or whatever it is that we may think that we want to do with our lives, at the end of the day, God, help us to, to draw near to you, to hear what you're whispering over us, to hear what you're speaking over us, and to know that that's where our identity comes from, from the fact that, that we're sons and we're daughters of a mighty king, that we belong to a God who hung every star in its place, who called them out by by name, and yet you still know the number of hairs on our head. That's how intimate of a love that you have for us. And so even though we may be weak, would you let your spirit be strong in us, God? That we could just lean into you and know that we have all that we have, uh, all that we need rather, uh, in you. So Jesus, we just worship you tonight. We make much of you. We just want to lift you up. It's just wonderful to hear these voices in this room singing out your praises, declaring your glory. Long may that continue, Father. Outside of these walls, as we go into to our lives, we want to take the name of Jesus with us, and we want to make him famous. So we love you, Lord. We're just grateful that we get to gather tonight. Would you speak to us? Would you open our hearts to receive your word? As you open our eyes to see wonderful things in it. We pray your anointing over Pastor David as he comes to speak. That his words would not be his own, but they'd come from you. That they'd bring us uh, the conviction and the challenge that we need so that we could be changed and transformed into the likeness of your son, Jesus, Lord. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Awesome. Awesome. Good to be back. Good to see your faces. Welcome online. Uh, if at all you can make it here, we'd love to see you here. But if there's other reasons to stay home, by all means do so. Uh, but it's great to be here. Great to hear the voices of God's people praising and singing. And I'm just overjoyed this morning. Um, just overwhelmed again of how good God is. And no matter what comes at us, and we've had a lot come at us not only on the big level, but obviously, you know, with the loss of Brian, um, still dealing with that, still wrestling with that, still feeling the, the impact of that. And, but just God is so faithful. He's with us, and he's filling us with his spirit. He's filling us with faith. And that's what we're talking about today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive right into it. Um, I'm going to start in the book of Acts. We're talking about you know, kind of going back to what our foundation is, what the foundational culture of the kingdom is and what that looks like, the nature of it, and how we are to enter into it. Um, and then also the calling of the church. We're to never to forget who we are as, as, as Christ followers and who we are collectively as his family, as his body, as his governing body in the earth. And so we're going to open up to the book of Acts Obviously, the book of Acts, um, just to kind of start off, you know, people read the book of Acts a little bit differently. There's different perspectives out there. 
In other words, some people say we should read the book of Acts what they call prescriptively. In other words, kind of a cut and paste. Whatever we read and see them doing, we need to cut and paste that and do those exact very things today. Um, other people say, no, wait a minute. The book of Acts is actually a description. It's written descriptively of what God did then, but that may or may not have any connection with what we do today. I personally don't buy into either one of those positions. Uh, both of those views have some validity to them, but the view that I kind of take on the book of Acts is that it is a demonstration. In other words, it is writing out what happened. It's demonstrating how the Spirit came and moved upon those that were there and how they shared the gospel and healed the sick and dealt with persecution and all the rest. And that is a demonstration for us. In other words, it's like watching a, a, a movie and saying, all right, now let us remake that same movie. We're not going to make it in a cut and paste exact type way, but it's going to be based off that original movie. It's going to be based off that book of Acts. And so here we go. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. It says, Around that time, as the number of disciples increased, when the church is full of the Spirit, we talked about that last week, and today we're going to be talking about what else we're to be full of. Hopefully not malarkey, hope, hopefully not those kinds of things, but we're supposed to be full of the Spirit. We're supposed to be full of wisdom. We're supposed to be full of faith, full of power, full of joy, full of life. We, the people of God, when we're that, then we can't help but be the church that Jesus desires. We can't help but be the witness that we're called to. We can't help but fulfill everything that Jesus has called us to. But if we're not filled, then no matter how hard we try, we will fall short. We will become hypocrites. We will become bitter. We will become dry. We'll become worn out. So once again, what it is to be the church is not first and foremost about what we do. It's first and foremost about who we are and who we're in relationship with and whether we're being filled by him. If you're working out of a dryness and a deficit and you're living out of that, there's no way you can really represent Christ in the earth. You can try, and we all should try to do our best wherever we're at, but, but it's, it's not meant to be lived that way. You know, it's kind of like if you know, there was a rich dad, right? And he had tons of money to give to you so you could get whatever you wanted. But you walked around as if you didn't have a penny to your name. It would be kind of a sad state of affairs, right? Some poor beggarly kid living on the street, and he's got a millionaire dad. That's the way sometimes the church lives. And we're, we're trying to teach and talk about how to be full of the Spirit and full of wisdom and full of faith. And when that happens, disciples are increased, as he says here. He says, in the, of course, there was a problem. He says, the Hellenists raised a dispute with the Hebrews, kind of a Greek and Jew thing going back and on. And he says, because of their widows being overlooked in the daily distribution of food, the 12 called the whole crowd of disciples together. In other words, the church began to be filled. The disciples began to be made. The, the, the gospel began to go forward. But there was a cultural divide, right? We don't know nothing about that. But, you know, back then there was a cultural divide. And, and it was a Jew-Gentile thing. And the Jews weren't doing a really good job of taking care of the widows of the Gentiles. Yeah, again, we, we can't really relate to those kinds of things and those kinds of conversations, but that's facetious, by the way. Um, that's a joke. Um, but, but that's what they too were dealing with, and they saw it as a critical issue. 
And so here's what they say to do about the problem. He says, listen, they said, it wouldn't be right for us to leave the word of God and wait on tables. So brothers and sisters, choose seven men among yourselves. In other words, choose seven men that are Greeks, not Jews, who are well spoken of or attested to and are filled with the spirit and filled with wisdom. You see, no matter what the service, no matter what the, the calling is on each and every one of your lives, you're meant to be full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. And we're going to talk more about this wisdom and this faith thing. He says in the fifth verse, he says, The whole gathering was pleased with what they said. And so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Notice how faith and wisdom kind of got paralleled there in those two verses. And he lists off the rest of them, and he says, they presented them before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, and then here was the result. The word of God increased, which meant the gospel began to be proclaimed everywhere. That's a short little phrase of saying the gospel went forth through all these believers. And the number of disciples in Jerusalem grew by leaps and bounds. This included a large number of priests who became obedient to the faith. This is the result of the church being full of the spirit, full of wisdom, and full of faith. So, first of all, what is wisdom? From a biblical point of view, what is their view? When he says they were full of wisdom, what exactly are they talking about? When we think of wisdom today, oftentimes we think of somebody who's a smart businessman. He's wise with money. He's wise in business, and therefore he's successful. Um, we, we, we think in those kind of practical terms, once again, of, of a skill that you know or, or how to operate and how to act in a way to be successful. But that's not near the case with the, what the Bible teaches. Here, here we go in James. He goes, dear friends, can a fig tree bear olives or a vine bear figs, nor can salt water yield fresh water? Who is wise and discerning among you? Such a person should, by their upright behavior, display their works in the humility of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and contention in your hearts, uh, don't boast and tell lies against the truth. This isn't the wisdom that comes from above. It is earthly, merely human, and it's coming from the demonic world. For where there is jealousy and contention, there, will, there you will get unruly behavior and every kind of evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, holy, peaceful, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good works, unbiased and unhypocritical. That's a different description of wisdom than we in our culture are often accustomed to, Right? So if we're going to be the church, if we're going to go back to the foundation of what it is to be the church of Jesus, we got to be the kind of people that are walking filled with the Spirit and full of wisdom that comes from above that's first of all holy, peaceful. We should be the people that bring peace. We should be the people that have peace. We should be the people that can lead others into peace. Gentle, full of mercy, not judgmental, not demanding the world give us what we think we want and then giving very little back. You know, we do that at restaurants sometimes, right? We demand very good service and Christians are known to, to demand the most and to tip the least. 
And that's just a small little, a little small chasm of, of, of what we've got to change as a church and change the outlook on what it is to be full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. Another interesting place, actually, uh, where Jesus, it, it's talked about him, and I think this is in Mark. I wasn't originally going to do this, but it just kind of popped into my head. And I'm going to flip there. Sixth chapter of Mark. Listen to how they describe the wisdom of Jesus. It says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? See, for them, wisdom was getting in connection with God and seeing God work mighty works through him. And when they saw Jesus walking in such a way, they thought, where did he get such wisdom? You see, to walk in wisdom is to be full of the Spirit. And when you're full of the Spirit, the works and the words and the attitudes and everything, the behavior of Jesus flows through you. And back then, they would have recognized that as wisdom. They also would have recognized that as faith. Notice how in the next verse, when it talked about Stephen, he was a man full of the Spirit and full of faith. What is that? Uh, Hebrews gives us a pretty good, pretty good definition. Even though the word faith has, is so rich, it's so deep in meaning. Again, I sometimes use the, the metaphor of a train, right? A train full of all kinds of different produce. Each cart having, you know, bananas in one, apples in another, you know, vegetables in another. But the whole train is full of produce. That's like the, 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 the Greek word pistis, the word faith. But the English word faith that we, that we translate that with is like a truck. And that truck can only take so much cargo off of that train and usually can only get the apples. It can only get the bananas. It can only download part of the meaning of, of the word faith that was used in Scripture. You see, the word faith has to do with allegiance, has to do with loyalty, it has to do with trust. It's a relational term. It's a bonding term. Uh, it, the word was sometimes used at uh, weddings, that they would exchange statements of faith, of loyalty, of allegiance to one another. This was also communicated between people and kings, that they would be allegiant to the king and therefore do what the king would ask. And all of these things are wrapped up in this word faith. But Hebrews takes a, a, a one aspect of this and highlights it. Here we go, 11.1. Now faith is the assurance, the title deed. And I'm going to give you a lot of the, the different English translations of the word pistis here. It is assurance. It's like getting a title deed. What's a title deed? You're, you're getting a piece of paper that's ensuring that all of this over here is yours. You get a deed to a piece of property, right? It's something that is of substance that assures you that this over here is yours. That's what faith is. And you see, faith is both a gift of the Spirit and it is also a fruit of the Spirit. In fact, in the Bible, many times our whole faith is used by that word to describe our whole way of life, right? They talk about the faith. They entered into the faith. 
this whole way of life in Christ. And so when he was full of faith, he was full of something that God had given him. Stephen had been given to him through the Holy Spirit something tangible that caused him to act in certain ways. He went out and proclaimed the gospel. He led people to Christ. He made disciples. He healed the sick and performed many mighty works just like Jesus did. You see, this all comes by way of being filled with the Spirit. You see, the Spirit, we receive it in full, but then we walk in it in measure. We can be empty or we can be full. And faith, we, we give our whole faith to Jesus from the start. We give our allegiance to him and we come into the faith, but then we can walk in either little faith or great faith. These two things are the foundation and the hallmark of who you are and how you are to walk. Uh, I think it's Peter that says, right, add to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, brotherly kindness, love. In other words, faith is the foundation of what you build everything else on. So this is the kind of faith that has to be in you and it has to grow mightily in you. You remember the story, right? The centurion. He loved the Jewish people. He had built them a synagogue. Uh, this is in Luke chapter 6. And one of his beloved servants had become sick. And it says, I don't know if you realize this story or not. I, I actually, it, I kind of saw some new things in it this week as I kind of looked into it. Uh, because we hear it told so often, it's a pretty familiar story. I would think most of you maybe have heard this story. But the man actually doesn't go and see Jesus. I find this very interesting. He simply heard about Jesus. Some of the Jews must have told him, hey, there's this guy Jesus running around. And he's been praying for the sick and they've been getting healed. We've been astonished at his teaching. And he thought. Something rose up in him, something God gave him, and something caused him to respond and say, huh, I'm going to send one of my servants to go find that Jesus. And the servant goes and finds Jesus. Actually, the servant goes and talks to one of the, the Jewish people that then come to Jesus, and then the word goes back around, and so it's this, it's this exchange. But they never actually meet each other. The, the centurion never meets Jesus, and Jesus never meets the centurion. But it was by the word he heard about Jesus. And something rose up in him, and he let it be known to Jesus through this, this chain of people. He said, listen, I'm unworthy for you to even come to my house. Notice the humility. We already read that about that, about the wisdom, right? The humility of wisdom. This man, something was being given to him through the Spirit. He instantly had this sense of humility. And so he says, you don't even have to come to my house. He says, if you'll just say the word, my servant will be healed. And he says, because I'm a man of authority and I understand how authority works. When I tell a servant to go, he goes. And when I tell a servant to come, he comes. And something was revealed to him that said, this Jesus has the power and authority to heal my servant. And he says, just say the word and it'll be done. You don't even have to come to my house. And Jesus says of this man, 
I have not seen such great faith even in all of the believing world at that time, even amongst all the Israelites. This Gentile, this outsider, somehow God spoke to him and something rose up in him that caused him to act. You see, the word faith, as defined by Hebrews 11:1 1 particularly, it means you act and you live as if what Jesus said was true. If what the Bible says who you are and how you're to live, if you live according to that, then you're full of faith. If you don't live according to that, then you're living in little faith. You see, it's not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an emotion. But when the Holy Spirit stirs up true faith, there will be a flood of emotion that comes with it. But it don't get the cart before the horse, right? In other words, it's the Spirit creating faith and then out of that a flood of emotion and a move to act because you believe what he's showing you, what he's telling you, what he's calling you to do, both through the word and through the spirit speaking through your heart. That's what it is to be full of faith. And people who get full of the spirit get full of faith. They go hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other because both are based on an allegiance to Jesus and a trust in his word. So when Jesus says, I get to do what he did, well, how am I going to act? When he said that you're my son and no longer just a servant, and then I act like some kind of poor servant for God, you see, I'm not living in faith. I all of a sudden become a lot more bold. I'm willing to take a lot more risk because of who Jesus says I am and the promises that he's given me. And one of the most precious promises, uh, again, Peter uh, Peter describes this promise, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. I love this. It's one of my favorite verses. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You know, when you truly grow in an intimate knowledge of God and Jesus, then you grow in an intimate knowledge of who you are and what you've been called to, which creates faith which causes you now to live and act and to speak differently. As his divine power has been given, uh, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature." In other words, once again, you're no longer living as a normal human being. But you're taking on the true divine being. You've received the divine being. You have received the Holy Spirit. You're coming into union with him and your attitudes, your behaviors, your view of people, your relationships, your ability to love one another increases as the Spirit fills you up and gives you wisdom and faith to deal with racial tensions in the church. You see, you, that's what's got to happen in the midst of the church. Otherwise, we're just an organization like all others, dealing with all the same problems and trying to solve them with all the same solutions. It doesn't work out there. Guess what? It doesn't work in here either. What works in here is choose out men and women. 
Could we find seven men and women full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith? If we can, then we will be the church. You won't have to worry. I won't have to worry as a pastor what you're all doing if I know you're filled with the Spirit and filled with wisdom and filled with faith. If the work of Jesus will get done, the church will rightly represent its king. But if we're not filled and we get focused on the things, the ministries, the servings, the givings, the, the, the outward things, the, even prayer meetings. You can get focused on a prayer meeting. But if the people who come to the prayer meeting aren't full of the spirit and full of faith and full of wisdom, well, you can create fights there. Well, did you hear the way she prayed? Well, I didn't like that. Well, he prayed about that. that that's interesting. Let's go tell this person over here. Like, all, you can have problems arise right out of a prayer meeting. So the prayer meeting, the preaching, the worshiping, the giving food, everything we do counts for nothing unless we are filled with the Spirit, full of faith, full of wisdom. So my calling and my challenge to you today is put your focus there. Who are you? Who has Jesus made you to be? What spirit have you received? Have you received some kind of beggarly spirit? Have you received some kind of fearing spirit? Or have you received the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity himself, who in him has the fullness of God? The fullness of God dwells in you. The full power of the resurrection that resurrected Jesus is within you. And if he speaks, and if he says go, and you go, then you've got to start acting like what he said is actually true of you. You've got to start speaking what he said to speak. You've got to start behaving the way he behaved, even if you don't feel like it. Even if you don't, maybe you, you, might have, you might think that to be full of faith is to be without doubts. Not true at all. Not true at all. I have many times experienced extreme doubt, but I stepped forward anyway, and then I saw God move. You see, this was the way God's always worked, right? The Red Sea. Did he part it for him right away and say, all right, go on through? Or did they have to sit there and wait? while the Egyptian armies were, were breathing down their necks. When they went into the promised land, guess what they had to do? They had to step into the water, and then all of a sudden God held the waters back. You always have to step into the water first. You have to put yourself on the line. You have to take the risk. You have to be bold. You have to be willing to embarrass yourself. You have to be willing to be made fun of. You have to be willing to be persecuted. you got to step into that. And when you step into that, that's when the filling of the Spirit, that's when the filling of faith, that's when the filling of power, that's when the filling of wisdom will be given to you in those moments. You can't wait on the safe ground and think it's all going to be given to you there, and now that you're all built up and thinking everything's going to go your way, now you can do it. Uh, it's kind of like this. I don't know if I wrote this one down. i got another scripture popping into my head. If you go to the Amplified Version, 2 Timothy, I believe it's the second chapter, but I could be wrong. He encourages Timothy. He says, preach the gospel in season and out of season. When it seems 
convenient and when it seems inconvenient. When things seem to be going your way and when things seem to be going against you, it doesn't matter. Just preach the word. Be patient and endure it all the way to the end. Be willing to to endure whatever comes your way. That's what it is to walk in faith, to be full of faith. See, that's what the centurion did. He heard about Jesus, and then he acted like Jesus was who he thought he was. You know what, Jesus? If you're who I think you are, then just say the word. That's all you got to do, because you have all power and you have all authority. Is that the same Jesus you have? The centurion knew very little, but he had faith. And you see, you can be 20 years a Christian and be walking in little faith. Or you can be a brand new believer. You can even be a non-believer. And instantly God can speak and the faith will rise up in that person and say, if that's the real Jesus, then if he just says the word, it'll be done. You see, it's not about maturity. That's why when Peter talks about adding to your faith, he's talking about maturity there. Add to your faith virtue. That has to be kind of worked out for a while. Add to your faith knowledge. You can't just snap your fingers and download all the knowledge. It takes time. But faith, it's a gift. And it's a gift of the Spirit. And he can flood you with it. He can give it to you in an abundance at any point in time. It doesn't matter if you're doing good that day or doing bad that day. It doesn't matter if you know a lot or know a little. It doesn't matter what your talents are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. The only thing that matters is a humility and broken and humble heart that says, use me, Lord. I trust who you are and what you've said about me, and I'm going to step into it. And I'm calling us, church, let's step into this. Let's step into this worship song. He's called you to be true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. Whatever you're at, however dry you might be, however confused you might be, however beat up you might feel right now, let's in this last song worship him as if he is who we say he is. And that worship then begins to reflect in your life. I did it on Sunday at worship. I worshiped him as if Jesus were in the room. As if the King of kings and the Lord of lords were in this room, how would you worship him? If you'll worship him tonight like that, then it'll help you to begin to live for him like that out there. That you'll be bold enough to speak up. You'll be bold enough to pray for the sick. You'll be willing to pray for somebody who's struggling. You'll be willing to speak the wisdom of God when he gives it to you and to walk in humility and serve as Christ served, to wash feet the way Jesus taught to wash feet. Amen? All right, let us pray. Lord, man, give us faith. We, we even sang the song earlier. Give me faith, God. Though my flesh may fail, I know you're the kind of God that never will. You won't fail us, Lord, but we need to be full of your spirit. We need to be full of wisdom and we need to be full of of faith and power and joy. So God, come and refresh us. Even now, Holy Spirit, fall upon your people. Minister to them, God, as only you can. Speak to hearts, speak to minds, bring healing to those that need healing. Bring peace to those that that have a lack of peace, God. Right now, fill us with your spirit. Lord, we are humble before you. 
And we need to receive this gift, this empowerment of faith, faith like a lion, faith that is bold to believe you for who you really are and what your word really says, God. May we partake deeply in the divine promise to partake of your divine nature. We ask it tonight, God, and moving forward in Jesus' name, amen. Speed. 
Father, we seek a refreshment from you, a refreshment over our lives individually, over the life of your church, over the life of your churches, over the city that you love, this world that you care so deeply for. Would you send that revival, a renewal of your activity, your movement, your love, your hope, your grace. Would you help us to be active agents with you on your behalf with the people that you steer across our path? We pray. Amen. It is so glad, uh, such a joy to have you in the house and to have you at your house. Thank you for being a part of Element City Church. And uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for loving one another well. Thank you for loving the Lee family. Continue to do so. Uh, We want to invite you, uh, if you are new uh, online or just kind of want to hang out, maybe you're not here in the room, but we are having a Zoom hangout 
uh, and Matt will be kind of running that, and it's going to happen right at the end of the service. The link's going to be posted in the online platform. You can click that, go right there, and connect with some folks there. If you're here in the house, we'd love to connect with you, pray with you. If you need some prayer, um, feel free to fist bump and to love on people on the way out. If they, if they want a hug and you want a hug, then that might be okay, but make sure it's okay. So um, we want to just also take a, a moment to thank you uh, for those of you who helped with our food distribution and remind you about that. I, I know with COVID, it's been kind of off the radar for a little bit, but invite you. I want to say a special thanks to the seniors, juniors and seniors from Desert Christian High School who helped us yesterday uh, give out over three pallets of food uh, right here on Alvernon, right off uh, this road to hundreds of people. Uh, and they came and they served and they did that on behalf of some service projects that they're doing to honor Brian uh, throughout this next year. And so we're grateful for their participation with that and uh, could not have done yesterday without them. And I think that's the invite for us, that if you call Elements home, we would love for you. That's a, such a practical way for us to love people well and to love our neighbors. And so we do that every second Saturday. Every second Friday, we pack it at Cary Ministries. And every second Saturday, we give it out here at 830 and at Catalina High School, uh, just down a block or so from here. So we invite you, if you've never been a part of that, we'd love to have you be a part of that um, next month. So next weekend... We're in person or online. We'd love for you to stay connected with us online. Click the COVID update. We'll update as things are going with that. And let me just kind of give a closing blessing as Paul did in 2 Corinthians 13. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, friend, all week long until we're back together. Go in peace.